Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 27. In today's episode, I'm going to be going through my fat loss checklist, hopefully giving you guys some education and some steps that you guys can be taking to not only reach your results, but also to be able to maintain them. So if you do get value out of this episode, please let me know. Subscribe to my podcast. uh, Shoot a screenshot of it. Share it on your Instagram stories or even just send me a DM because I want to know that you've heard this message and that maybe you are getting some value out of it. And then if you know somebody else that can get value out of this podcast, please share it with them. Uh, I'm really looking forward to being able to help more people this year. And that is actually why I have created my Roadmap to Results program to allow more access to me at a lower cost point and to allow more people to group together to build a community of people that are all like-minded. I mean, and we all know how hard it can be to have a goal or have a result that you want to achieve but then nobody else in your life really understands it. And that's why I did create my Facebook group and why I did create this Roadmap to Results group. So if you want more information on that, our first um, beta test group is starting on March 1st. Um, So if you do want access to that, we are taking applicants up until Wednesday. I believe that's the 27th. Don't quote me on that. I think I'm wrong. I think it's the 24th. I can't even think right now. Um, Because you know me, I never usually have show notes. Although I do have my checklist in front of me that I wanted to make sure that I go over everything because I do want to make sure that I'm covering all the bases. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and kind of jump into it. So first and foremost, I mean, I think that if I told you that I have the tools that will allow you to be able to control every aspect of your journey, I think that would be enough to tell you like, man, I want in. Because at the end of the day, the hardest thing about dieting is a lot of people just don't know what's working and what stops working and what's not working. And and it, it can be a, such a frustrating process because you know you're working hard or you can't seem to figure out why you can't be compliant. And a lot of times if you're an overachiever or you're just super hard on yourself, you can blame yourself and it's you and you're just never going to be able to change. And you have this like belief that like you're just stuck that way. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can go into a whole, whole debate or a whole talk or a lecture, I guess you can call it, on, on how imposter syndrome and the stories we tell ourselves can become our reality if we let them. Um, or I can just kind of give you guys maybe a better understanding of what you need to be focusing on so that going into this week or next week or whatever it is, maybe you are trying to take this a different route. So, you know, and I really encourage you guys that if if you are struggling, like don't be afraid to reach out to me. It's probably one of the favorite things about what I do is when I get a message from somebody and they're like, hey, like, I just needed to ask you a couple of questions. I would love to jump on the phone with you. I would love to be able to just connect and and honestly know what your struggles are because it's nothing but frustrating to me how many people are wasting their time and their effort and their money on things that just don't work, you know? And I mean, it's just just hard, you know? I, I know when you want something, you are willing to do anything. And sometimes, you know, the things you think are going to work just don't. And, and that's what I'm here for. So let's go ahead and get started. Well, first things first, let's talk about fat loss in general. Everybody, when you guys are losing weight, your goal is losing fat. However, when you have a larger amount of weight to lose, your main goal is like not worrying about, well, you really should be worrying about muscle preservation, but because you have a, a large amount of fat, the, the idea of losing muscle while you're losing fat is probably not going to be as realistic because your body will pull to some of those fat sores. But however, your goal should still be to be losing fat, whether you have 100 pounds lose, whether you have 20 pounds lose, whether you have 10 pounds lose. We want to always be primarily losing fat and and making sure that we're maintaining and building lean muscle mass so that we are keeping our body composition better. You know, so first and foremost, we have to know 
how much weight we need to lose. You know, and you need to look at yourself and look at your ideal, you know, body type, what you want to see in the mirror um, and knowing where you're at. And maybe maybe you do have a considerable amount of weight to lose and knowing exactly where you want to go isn't where you need to be looking, but knowing at least a benchmark. If you have 100 plus weight to lose, pounds lose, maybe you're like, let's start but the first 20, you know, so maybe you're the first 20, maybe you're the last 20, maybe you're the first five, maybe you're the last five. Either way, you have to know where you want to get to. Um, and then it's about evaluating and assessing your current habits, your current lifestyle. So starting off, first and foremost, looking at lifestyle factors. And this may seem like a lot, but I'm going to tell you, they all kind of happen at the same time uh, when you're talking about this checklist. So it's not like you're going to spend so much time doing one thing and the other thing. So don't get hung up on this being so many steps. It's kind of like things that all happen together. So we assess your lifestyle. So what does your sleep habits look like? What is your life recovery from stress look like? And how much stress do you actually live in your life? You know, if you're burning the candle at both ends, meaning you're not getting any recovery, not getting any sleep, and you're working 12 to 14 hour days and trying to work out and and trying to manage your kids and living a social life, like lifestyle factors need to be addressed. And some of those things we won't always be able to address right off the bat, but there are also some things that we can learn to kind of you know, work towards. And, and I'm going to give you myself my perfect example is like, I've, I've learned, you know, just from taking a short little staycation this week that I need to address like my nighttime habits. I need to make sure that I'm shutting off work at a specific time so I can get adequate recovery. So I can feel my best every day. So you've got to look at some lifestyle factors. The next thing that you're going to be looking at is your exercise activity and your non-exercise activity. So do you currently have some form of a gym routine? Um, you know, and, and this is something that can be kind of controversial. Do we need to work out? Uh, in my opinion, everybody should be working out. What that look like might be different based on the individual and their goals. But even if you're just looking for general health, you should be doing some form of workout. The body is designed to move and it doesn't have to be CrossFit. It doesn't have to be bodybuilding. It doesn't have to be conditioning in the form of running and biking and all those kinds of things. But it should be something that you can do consistently. And, you know, knowing where you're at and where you need to start is huge. Now, for most people, I do, I do recommend some form of CrossFit or, or high-intensity training with um, added strength work, um, and mostly because uh, most people just don't have a lot of time in the gym. So if you're limited to an hour, CrossFit can be a, way, a great way for you to get some strength training and some conditioning aerobically into a one-hour session, along with allowing you some time for some mobility and some stretching and even some connection with some other people. So, um, you know, looking at your current training routine, uh, it doesn't have to be intense. Like I said, like you can do CrossFit and not feel like you have to compete with yourself if you can moderate that. Um, and then the next one is your non-exercise activity. So exercise activity is what you're doing in the gym. Your non-exercise activity is the stuff that you're doing throughout the day. So are you somebody that is behind a desk between the hours of eight and five? Um, and then you're driving commute wise, you know, an hour before an hour after do you, are you a teacher? Um, do you run a gym? Like, what does your current lifestyle look like? Are you a construction worker? How much activity are you getting? And for most people, you know, that are living a very sedentary life based on their profession, I do recommend adding in some, you know, specific walking or just movement throughout the day. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a formal hour walk. It could be as simple as making an extra, you know, attempt to, or maybe you're just parking a little bit further from, you know, your office door. Maybe you are, you know, going for a walk on your lunch break. Maybe you're ending your day with a walk, whatever you can do to kind of just get some added activity in. You know, for most of my clients, if they're getting less than 5,000 steps a day, 
I would definitely recommend that. Now, when it comes to the blend between exercise activity and not exercise activity, for some people, walking can be the first step into exercise. Like if you're someone that lives a very sedentary life and you're just trying to get started, maybe you are just walking or maybe, you know, you're just trying to get yourself moving. So that's, that's the other thing to consider. Um, and then you need to take a look at your relationship with food, you know, and this is a big one. And it comes down to looking at not just like dieting history and what you're, you're meant to be believing, um, but also other factors like, you know, um, you know, what your eating habits look like. Do you eat mindlessly in front of the TV or while you're working? Do you eat on the go? Do you tend to grab things and not think about what, like, what kind of awareness do you have? Do you have an unhealthy, maybe disordered eating behavior? Do you use food for comfort? Like knowing what that looks like and understanding what a healthy relationship with food is so that you can make sure that you are in a good place. You know, and and honestly, with nutrition coaching, a lot of times this is one of the first things that I do dive into with most of my clients is making sure that that is something. It doesn't have to be structured necessarily, but it should be understanding that there should be a level of flexibility in your nutrition plan uh, while still being a level of structure, if that makes sense. So know your food relationship uh, and if that needs any addressing. So that's kind of looking at that stuff. Now, going into the more specifics, what does your current nutrition education look like? And I'm going to start by talking a little bit about an analogy about, I should say I'm going to start by talking about, but I'm going to give you an analogy. Okay, you're 16 years old, you've never driven a car before, and you decide that you want to drive. So you go and you grab your mom's keys and you go out for a drive. You've never driven before. You get pulled over. You don't have a license. Okay, what do you have to do to get that license? You have to take a driving test, which usually requires you to get some practice behind the wheel. You don't just expect to give your kids the keys to your Mercedes Benz without having any coaching on how to drive. They have to learn how to drive. Simple as things like riding a bicycle. You know, maybe you're in school and you're learning a, a math. You like, you have to understand what you're doing. It's the same thing with your nutrition. Most people are trying to learn how to diet before they even know how to eat. So hands down, what does your food education look like? Do you even know how to eat? And that sounds really elementary, but before you lose fat, you have to understand what that looks like because when you're not trying to lose weight, that's what you're going to be doing. And that's why I do start with this stuff. And that's why the first step is understanding what my clients need to know. And so that's where you need to start too. So now you've got a pretty good understanding of your evaluation. You're looking at your lifestyle factors, sleep, recovery, stress. You're looking at your current exercise routine. You're looking at your current non-exercise activity. You're looking at your relationship with food. You're also looking at what you actually know about nutrition. Like what do you nutritionally believe to be true and what do you need to know about nutrition? Building balanced meals, all of that kinds of stuff. Now that we have all that stuff and we've got your goal assessed, now we're going to start to get into the specifics of what you need to lose fat. Okay, so... Evaluation goes good. You have a pretty good understanding of nutrition background. Your relationship with food is healthy, meaning you don't have any specific food hangups or emotional eating issues and all that kinds of stuff. Your training is addressed. Your lifestyle is addressed. All of those things as much as it can be. Now we're going to get into the science of fat loss. Okay. So in order to lose fat, we have to create a calorie deficit. We can do that a couple of different ways, multiple ways that are, or multiple things are going to affect our calorie deficit. But to do that, we have to know where to start. So what does your 
BMR or your basal metabolic rate look like? And what does your TDEE or your total daily energy expenditure look like? So your basal metabolic rate is basically what your body needs just to live. This is without thinking, without talking, without exercising, without taking care of the kids or brushing your hair, taking a shower. All of those things aside, what does your body need just to, you know, turn over cells, you know, synthesize protein, you know, pump blood, you know, all of the basics that keep your body going. This does not even include uh, like the thermic effect of food, meaning what it takes to digest. This is just the basics of you sitting. Let's just pretend you were on life support and um, something else is breathing for you. Um, that's essentially what your BMR is. So looking at that, and then you're looking at your TDEE. So this is like including your activity le- level. Uh, and there's multiple ways to calculate this. I'm not going to get into the basics or the, to the to the more specifics on that. But just know that obviously the less active you are, the lower on the number is going to be. And then the high, more active you are, the higher it's going to be. And there's a number of ways you can factor that in, as, as I said. But what I want you to understand is that's where you need to start. Now, those numbers, there's a number of calculators out there that you're going to be able to find online that are going to give you those things. However, those are ranges. They're not necessarily the specific in reality, if you really want to get the specific number, there's more of like a, a breath test, like a carbon measuring the, I, I can't even go into the, the more details of it, but basically it's where they like put you like a mask on and they measure like carbon dioxide and all this kinds of stuff in your body. So no calculator out there is going to give you the, the one-on-one true estimate, but it's a pretty good place to start. And there's also a number of factors that are going to affect your BMR, right? So like, you know, those numbers are going to go down based on what you're doing dietarily. Like, so if people are constantly restricting their calories, your body's going to start down-regulating things. This is where we run into problems like hormone issues and and anxiety and mood issues and and digestive issues because your body's like screaming for energy. And it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to start shutting these things down because I'm not getting enough energy. And I've actually done a podcast on this. Um, and then your TDE, that's what you need to, to like live your life and be healthy and be happy and, and be able to work out and do cool things. So knowing that that's calorie maintenance and we want to make sure that you're starting off your fat loss phase close to that. So going into a fat loss phase, you should be close to that. Now, one of the things I will normally get is I don't think I'm eating enough to lose weight or, um, I I don't eat enough. If you're not losing weight, that's probably not the case one of two things has happened. If you have been chronically dieting, your BMR has obviously adjusted to that and now you're burning less calories, so now we have to lower things more. Or you are eating more than you think you are, which is usually the case. And we'll talk more about that when I go into the specific things that you guys should be doing to see better results. So now we know where your baseline is. Now we're going to be creating a calorie deficit. And Hopefully you already have a routine training plan. So we're not really looking to adjust that. We're looking to adjust your calories based on your training plan. Now, if you live a very sedentary life and you're not moving at all for health reasons, I would also recommend starting before you go into a calorie deficit, just starting off by getting your body moving more. So that's where for some people getting into the gym and just learning how to eat can be the first step. So doing those two things will be number one. Now we're going to create that calorie deficit number two. And we're going to do that by dropping calories by about 10% of total overall TDEE. We start off smaller and then we can always take off more. We never want to make big drops because the more we drop, the more we have to drop when things plateau. Because as I mentioned, 
with that, you know, adaptation that's going to happen, eventually you are going to have to start dropping calories more and the happier you keep your metabolism earlier in the, in the dieting phase or the fat loss phase, the longer you're going to be able to sustain it. And honestly, the, the less you're going to notice the issues. Like if you can, if you can eat more and lose weight, like, isn't that like a double win? You can still go out and enjoy yourself a little bit. You can have, you know, more calories to be able to build more balanced meals. You don't feel so restricted all the time. So making sure that you're taking care of yourself and, and all that kind of stuff first, and then creating enough of a calorie deficit to create a little bit of weight loss. Now that we've got that weight loss, uh, or I'm sorry, that calorie deficit, what you're basically going to be doing is it's not about making the adjustments every week. Uh, and sometimes it might take even a couple of weeks for your body to kind of really respond to the calorie deficit. So it's important to be patient. But along the way, you are going to be evaluating your, your biofeedback. So um, before you even start making adjustments to your calories, I need to kind of back up a second. And, and you're looking at your TDEE and you're looking at that calorie deficit. It's important to also take uh, a little bit of an inventory of what your intake looks like without looking at those two numbers. So, um, and this is where, like I mentioned, if you think you're under eating, actually taking some time to keep an accurate food journal to see how many calories you're getting in before you start looking at this TDEE and this calorie deficit, because you might be very far over that or way under that. And we want to know where that's at to kind of know where to start. So when you start with that calorie deficit, you know, looking at things like, How's your hunger and your energy and your mood and your sleep and your digestion and and even things like your motivation to lose weight, your cravings, you know, all of those things matter, you know, and and in the beginning, there might be some changes. I would expect the first week for you to see some changes. Whenever you're changing anything in the body, you should expect some good, some bad, but you will probably notice a little bit of a difference with different calorie intake. One of the biggest things I'll see is a lot of people will have some different digestive issues. Oftentimes, if somebody's been under eating protein and we bump up their protein, um, that can create some constipation. Um, sometimes if somebody hasn't been eating a lot of fiber and they switch to a healthier diet, they're going to probably also see um, the opposite happen. They might be getting a little bit more uh, digestive issues. Um, so different things that are going to happen, but you kind of want to monitor those things. And after the first week or two, they should start to level off and be pretty consistent. Um and then it's just about as you're taking those those like, you know, the biofeedback trackers, as I call them, assessing those and evaluating those, you're just making adjustments along the way. So if you're getting super hungry and you're starting to have these cravings to have a lot of foods that, you know, are, are just higher in calories, that means you're probably a little bit too low on energy, you know, and there is a level of commitment that you need to make to yourself that being hungry is okay. And being hungry is part of the calorie deficit and is part of fat loss, but you shouldn't be so hungry that it's affecting your mood all the time or you feel, you know, really miserable. If that's the case, you probably should be bumping up your calories and maybe looking at other lifestyle factors. And maybe you are maybe getting a little bit more movement in and stuff like that. And uh, we can kind of talk about the metabolic toggles a little bit too. I mean, I feel like this podcast has just got me fired up to kind of, I don't know, it's going to probably go a little bit longer than I want it to, but that's okay. Um, so that's kind of the process of fat loss. So First and foremost, fat loss checklist so far. Okay, we've, we've got your evaluation, lifestyle factors, current training, non-exercise activity, food relationship, current education, knowing how to eat, uh, looking at your current intake of food, looking at where that is in relationship to your basal metabolic rate and your TDEE. Now we're going to create that calorie deficit. We're going to adjust biofeedback along the way and we will adjust, I'm sorry, we're going to evaluate biofeedback along the way and then adjust our calories and nutrients in order to match what we were actually want to see. 
that's, that's fat loss. Now, nowhere in there did you hear the word diet or cutting carbs or cutting pro or can't eat, but can't eat this, can't eat that. There was nowhere in there about that. And the reason I say that is because the dieting world has, has trained people that. And, and that's why I say that I start by teaching you guys how to eat. And meals should have balance and components. And yes, at some point, we are going to have to cut back on carbs or fat because those are the two numbers that we are going to be adjusting to change your calorie intake. It's not the carbs. It's not the fats. It's the calories we're trying to change. And we have to take them from one of those two nutrients or both of those two nutrients in order to get you results. It's also important to know what level of calorie deficit you can mentally and physically maintain and handle. You know, and that's where I said it might be changing activity levels first. So if those are the steps to fat loss, what are your steps for fat loss? Your checklist. There's a number of things that um, I honestly should have written down, but I didn't. Um, But I'm going to give you my basic things to consider. So the things within your control, hands down, definitely lifestyle, but we'll talk about that because I do know that there's some factors that you can't always control. You know, I can't suddenly, you know, make your infant child sleep through the night so you don't have to breastfeed or which at that point we should probably be talking about if you should be in a calorie deficit. But there's, you know what I mean? There's just things that you can't control. You can't control the fact that you are running your own business, but you can do some things and we'll, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, but let's talk about the things that are within your control. Okay. Controlling calorie intake. Controlling calorie intake is the number one thing you can be doing for your fat loss journey and any journey, whether you have 20 pounds lose or you have five pounds lose, you've got to be able to control your calorie intake. And the only way you can do that is to know how many calories you're taking in. So if you are constantly relying on convenience food, you're eating out all the time, you have no control over your calorie intake. If you're constantly just grabbing things on the go, maybe grabbing a handful of things, you are never going to control your calorie intake. So for your fat loss checklist, number one is you've got to be controlling your calorie intake. If you want fat loss, that's number one. Number two, you need to have a solid training routine. Whether you are just starting off and you are you know, working on walking more or you are training more, you should have a, a foundational method of training that works for you. Uh, it could be even doing some yoga, whatever it might be. I don't know. Maybe it's something more sports specific like jujitsu or martial arts or karate or something, just something. And, and honestly, guys, it is such a good outlet for your body. Then you're looking at things like fiber intake and food quality. Why? Because those two things are going to make you feel more satisfied in your fat loss journey. Two, there is a thermic effect of food, and I know higher quality foods and also fiber intake are going to be utilized more nutritionally in your body for those metabolic processes that your body needs and not just being absorbed as energy. So you have to understand that food with nutrients does other thing than just provide us with energy for our workout. So for instance, if I'm just using something for energy, I'm probably going to be using something like white rice or like I love chocolate rice cakes, right? Like those things aren't really super high in nutrients, but they're high in energy, aka carbohydrates that are going to give me fuel for my workouts. But I want to be taking in a lot of the stuff that has a lot of nutrients in it, fiber, lean proteins, vegetables, fruits, all of the things that give my body lots of antioxidants that help with the aging process, help my body recover, help with my joint pain. All of those things help with my digestion, my gut microbiome, 
my hormone function, all of those things. That is what your food does. Okay, so outside of just providing you energy and specific muscle building properties and hormones, technically, like those are the other things your food does. So you need to make sure that you're having those things in. So we've got food, we've got movement, we've got calorie intake. Now we're looking at basically looking at the macronutrients. And if you are monitoring your food, calorie intake, and now we're looking at macronutrients, this is going to help you feel your best as well. So food quality and making sure that you're getting enough balance of those foods is going to allow your body to perform its best. Everybody is individualized. There's no macronutrients prescription that's going to be specific to everybody because lifestyle factors play a factor. CrossFit athletes or even people that don't want to consider themselves a CrossFit athlete, but they do CrossFit classes, you guys are burning a lot of carbohydrates and you need more carbohydrates than somebody that is just doing maybe yoga or walking and sitting behind a desk all day. So there is a different factor. There are different factors that go into play with macronutrient prescriptions. Um, and it's really, it's going to be more of a, a by feel and a learning curve for yourself and obviously your coach if you're working with one to know what macronutrient prescription is going to work best for you. So when it comes down to the caloric intake and the macronutrient breakdown, those two things we have the most control over, what do you need to be doing to making sure that those things are taken care of the right way or, or being as accurate as you can? Guys, you've got to be weighing your food out. And you don't need to do that forever. And for most people, maybe you do have, and we'll talk more about like the, the person has a lot more weight to lose and maybe they've been doing it something a little bit different, but we'll talk about that in a second. Let's just stay focused. Um, if you know me, I'll go off on a tangent, which I probably already have, which I am right now. But anyways, long story short, you've got to be controlling your calorie intake. I don't care who you are, myself included, we have a generous eye. When I put a tablespoon of peanut butter on my plate, it's depressing. When I put a tablespoon of peanut butter on my plate that I have not measured, it's not as depressing. You know, so your eye is not trained as much as it needs to be. It will get more trained over time. And I do think that it's not something that you'll have to do forever, but if you've never done it before, you should definitely commit to the first four to 12 weeks, especially if you have a goal and you're like, I wanna reach it. Control everything you can. And that is one thing that is 100% within your control. Does it take an extra two seconds? Yes, because you put your plate on the scale and you hit zero. That's the only difference that it takes. That's really it. Now, when it comes to actually specifically hitting macronutrients, that takes a little bit of pre-planning and being a little bit more aware of your food intake uh, before you actually eat it. But when it comes to controlling calorie intake, if you are weighing your food out and tracking it, you should probably be pretty good at controlling calorie intake. You might not be as good at your macronutrient breakdown, but if step one is controlling calorie intake, you're on the right track. So those are some basics that you guys should be doing in order to make sure that you are on the right track to see fat loss. Now, as I was kind of saying, and I did want to kind of talk about this too, is like, what if you are starting from ground zero, you have horrible nutrition habits, you have all these things. Is it relevant to you to weigh your food? Well, I'm going to tell you right then and there, your focus should not be so much on the scale. The scale should be a reflection of you changing your habits in your life. Meaning we're going back to that evaluation and assessment phase and we are addressing things like your current activity level and maybe we're getting you moving, moving more. 
Maybe we are educating you and getting you a healthier relationship with food and teaching you energy balance and teaching you how to build a quality meal and knowing where the food that you're getting play a factor in your body. That's where you start. But what's cool about that is if you are that person and you're starting there and you're starting to learn those things, you are probably going to see results without even really putting too much effort into it. I do think that people should just kind of go cold turkey and just go all in. I think it's good for you to learn food quality and quantity. And I think it's a good step to take. But this is where like, you know, and maybe you've been in a platform or maybe you've seen some weight loss just by changing habits. Like I stopped eating out. I stopped eating fast food and I lost weight. And then I started, you know, um, eating more lean proteins and I started losing weight. And then all these things happen. At some point, all of those things are going to be, I've done all I can now. What's next? That's where just dialing in calorie intake and making sure that you're accurately keeping a food journal plays a factor. And I know that sounds like the unsexy truth that you don't want to hear, but guys, if you want full control over your results, that's it. There is no way that you are going to be able to control your results unless you know what you're taking in. And this is why it's so frustrating when people have so much resilience to do the couple of things that I know will give you complete control over your results. So you can keep spending and, and, and like, this is going to get me, I'm so fired up right now. Okay. Is it, is it expensive in terms of time for you to weigh out your food and for you to meal prep and make sure you got the right things prepared for yourself? I would say no, but what it is, is it's valuable because now It might take time, but it's valuable. Okay, what's expensive is all the things that you're doing in your life that are taking you further from the goals that you have for yourself and further from the things that you need to be doing to live a healthy life. So expensive are those things that are sucking our lives of productivity. You're walking around feeling like shit because you keep trying these low carb diets and you can't you don't have energy to get through your workouts anymore and and they keep telling you this keto flu is going to go away but then by the time that that keto flu goes away you're ready to binge because you miss carbs like i get it you guys want results i get it this stuff takes time and it can be hard to learn but i promise you it is the right way i promise you if you get nothing else out of it but a better relationship with food and understanding what it looks like to eat when you're not trying to diet then you've already created that much value in your life. The scale will become irrelevant and the scale will move when you don't think about it. At the end of the day, you have to look at how much you've tried in the past and try something new. And I hands down know that that's not easy. That's why I full heartedly believe in nutrition coaching and this is not a plug for nutrition coaching, but I will tell you this, this is a plug for my group program. Because my group program is literally 50 bucks a month. $50 a month is going to get you access to coaching from myself and Dylan, who are going to help you navigate this, who are going to teach you what you need. I want you guys to feel confident knowing that you are doing everything right. And when somebody tells you that you have to cut out carbohydrates, you can tell them, no, I don't have to. I just have to watch my calorie intake and make sure that I'm getting enough activity in. Like there are things you guys can be doing, but you're in so much pain with who you are that you are willing to try anything. 
So put the brakes on, on all of the crap that you've been doing and put the gas on, on taking control of your results for good. That's what I'm here to tell you guys today. So if you want to join me, you want to join my program, let me know. We're closing it out on Wednesday, which I believe is what, the 24th? I got to look at my, my watch right now. It's the 20th, so that's Saturday the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 21st. Yeah, so the 24th. Okay, so if you want in on the program, let me know. Shoot me a message. I do have an application. We are going to be giving you guys custom macronutrient. We'll be giving, we'll give you custom macronutrients the first week, but we are going to give you guys an assessment on here's where you're at. Here's where you need to start. And what you're basically going to get in this program is a weekly class. We are going to be going over, there's going to be FAQ for you guys um, before and after the class. And then we're going to be giving you guys some education as well. So we're going to be talking to you about some things. You're going to get my full client startup guide. You're going to get your own tracking sheet. You're going to get all of these things that you should be using to make sure you have complete control over your results. Is it going to take effort? Yes. Do I think I should charge more for it? Absolutely. Because I hands down know that when you're paying for something, you're more likely to use it. (laughs) And so when you're not paying for something, it makes it easy for you to be like, meh, not that important. But I also want you guys to get results. And I'm here to help you. And I want you in part, I want you guys to be part of my community. So if you want in, let me know, shoot me a message. I'm super excited to connect with you. Um, And even if you don't, even if you're just listening to this and you're like super fired up to put it to use, like take notes on it, go back, listen to it. And, and let me know if you just want some help and some guidance. I'm like, hey, this is what I feel. What would you recommend for me? I want to connect with you. I want to help you. Um, but that's it, guys. Um, so super, very technical, I guess, fat loss checklist for you guys. If you guys do want more understanding or anything here, um, please let me know. Shoot me a message, and I look forward to connecting. Have an amazing week, guys.